What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're back to talk about the UFC card going down this weekend. Headline by Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades in the main event. 12 fights back at the UFC Apex. And I'm joined by my co-host, as always. What's up, my man? What's going on? Nice uh, deload week. UFC here for us. Uh, nice of them. Uh, you know, uh, Apex event where we have a few fights that typically... You know, maybe would have a higher billing like the heavyweight fights, right? Usually they give you a crap, you know, two crappy uh, heavyweights. This time you got two guys that maybe, you know, could fight for the title somewhat in the future, given the limbo. Uh, the belt is uh, is in. But yeah, very, very busy end of April right now. Um, but let's see what we can make of this card. Some meh matchups. I don't think I have too much action, but I uh, still have like three, four spots that I like. Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty sad card. I think uh, Green Gordon, that's fun. Semmelsberger Wells. Um, the main event is, like you said, uh, title implication is there. So main event-wise, is pretty good. The rest of the card, man, uh, pretty weak stuff. But um, we're coming off of a, a good event last week uh, going down in Kansas City. Max Holloway still proven he is the man. And we, we got a main event right there, Ozzy. We got a main event right for, for once in a Yeah, that, was a, that fight was not, not close at all, in my opinion, you know. Anyone who says that, you know, that on that fight, I mean, I think they should have their head examined. But, yeah, I thought that was a clear win from Max. You know, I hope to see him, you know, in the future. He's got so many options. But I do want to see him eventually at 155, you know, fighting some guys. Um, I, I would even like to see him in that mix with, you know, that like McGregor, Poirier, Chan, Chan, you know, just with all those guys eventually maybe. But maybe he's probably like a generation behind just because I think he would need to fill into the Weight class more, but a good performance by him. Most disappointing one I thought was th that Dustin Jacoby fight. That fight kind of went how I thought it would, with uh, this guy uh, Azamat landed some big shots to win the rounds, especially in that second round. But Jacoby just his whole game plan in that in that fight was pretty bad. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I thought he he started slow. Worked his way back in. He was on his way to win in the second round, then got dropped, and then won round three. I don't know. I mean, he just got a little unlucky there. I, I think he's, I think he probably does win that fight six out of six out of ten times. Still, honestly, um, but uh, yeah, I mean the, the the main event. I mean, it was there were only two close rounds, and then three super clear rounds for Max. Um, so yeah, I agree, it wasn't close. Our man Bill Alger with a big comeback performance, and uh, you picked that that Pedro Munoz fight. Very that one. That um, was a good one. That was that was. I remember Ozzy said it early in the week he was very confident in Munoz to win, not only cover, not only be a good bet, but to win. So you know, that, very, I, very I'm good. one and one in my very confidence. I was took an L with Adrian Yanez, but we got it back with Pedro Munoz. So we're one and one. That's true. One and one on those. Yep, and uh, that's enough about last week, though. Uh, let's get into these fights. Um, not a whole lot of bets for me in this one, uh, but uh, I'll still give you guys my thoughts. You, you, starting you, out you, the you sound so uh, so excited, so interesting. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? What did I cut out there? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, I heard the Discord noise, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, okay, Bantamweight Division. Um, Dana Baccarel taking on Brady Highstand. Odds for this one. Uh, Dana is the favorite at minus uh, 145, I believe. I lost the odds here. Yeah, minus 146, Brady Highstand plus 126. Um, 
I think the line is about accurate. You know, you got to think that high stand is going to need takedowns here. He looks pretty bad on the feet to me. And, you know, Denal obviously has power in his hands. So I think, you know, the standing should be pretty one-sided for Denal. Um, but you know, we have seen Denal's takedown defense look not so good. We've seen him slow down in round three uh, a few times. He he lost round three to Kang, lost round three to Alatang. And uh, Alatang was able to get him down as well. So, I mean, I think there's a, definitely a path for Brady with the takedowns. Um, but I don't know. I think that this one should be denied. I think I favor him early on pretty, pretty decently. And then, uh, the only bet I like for this fight is Brady round three at plus 1600 with what I said about, uh, a, there being a pattern of, uh, Denas slowing down. I'm down to take a 16 to one stab on, uh, on high stand, uh, who should have the better cardio if it gets there. But, uh, what are you thinking about this one? Uh, yeah. So it's uh, two guys that I like, I'm, you know, uh, I've been supporters of both, of both of them. Um, what you said about Brady is for sure, you know, true. I, I, he does have, I mean, I'm not saying he's ironclad cardio, but, you know, the guy does know how to push the pace and, you know, is very comfortable when he is grappling. It's very easy for his cardio there to look a lot better than his opponent's, just his grappling cardio. You kind of see that with his ultimate fighter fights, um, the fight even with Ricky, and even that fight against Fernie where he had to kind of, I think he got to take down right in that third round, but when he needs to get a takedown, he usually uh, is able to get it. But on the way in, he's kind of not very defensively good. Um, you know, I would say that Denaz is better and uh, even throws like similar arcing punches to that last guy, Fernie. But he's just better overall, I think, uh, more experienced. So I kind of lean his way. But I could see this guy giving up his back um, and Brady, you know, being on his back, being in mount. You know, maybe looking fishing for a submission. So if I like Brady, I think I would try to play uh, some of the submission line here. Um, you know, plus five you know, five something. Um, I think he's going to try to jump on a, a limb or a neck if he can. And usually he's a guy that when he does have grappling success, it doesn't get stalled out in, um, in like neutral positions, like, uh, like a guard and stuff like that. He's kind of does, uh, is able to find his way into like those riding positions, like the back and get to the mount and stuff like that. So should be a good fight. First fight to start off the card. I probably lean the knob, but, uh, Brady's for sure live with the submission grappling. Yeah, I think um, Brady may possible live bet, uh, you know, if Denas starts strong in round one. Um, but um, next fight, uh, women's flyweight division, Priscilla Cachoeira, Karine Silva. Uh, the line for this one, Silva minus 193, Cachoeira plus 168. I didn't have much recollection of who Silva was early on in this week. What about you? Just refresh us with your, your thoughts on her. No, I, I, I confuse Karine, Karine, whatever with um uh what's the other girl the girl that's spinning back in natalie natalie yeah. whatever one of those so i confused those confused my silvers but you know karini i did like her ufc debut i i think i had her you had uh Pollyanna or, or batella whatever her name is um this fight has to be a pass for me though just because I've, I've just not been able to get Pr priscilla catchwara fights you know correct you know either i'm on her and she loses or you know, she, she robs me a decision or I'm on, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lipsky. And then they give me a mulligan when this girl gets her period. And then I still mess it up going on goes <laughs> distance. So it's just, you know, I just can't get the fights of this girl. Right. So I'm gonna let you, uh, help the listeners, help, help, help yourself, help, help anyone that, that, that wants to listen. What is the side? What, where, where is the, the wager in this uh, matchup? I think, 
I haven't seen enough from Silva to think that she covers his price. I mean, as funny of a fighter Catchware is, guys, she's really tough. She has pretty good cardio. And, you know, she's fought, you know, probably an hour in the UFC cage against a whole range of talent. Uh, and she's beaten a lot of, like, mid to low-level girls. So um, she's just not an easy woman to, like, cover big prices on because she's just – she overperforms her, her skill. I mean, Jiyeon Kim, I think we'd all agree – uh, you know, had potential to to cover minus two hundred versus Catchware just to be the much crisper striker, but Catchware somehow overcomes all that and wins the decision there. So, I don't know. I mean, I could see Silva winning in you know on the feet or on the ground potentially, but is she really proven enough to to lay minus two hundred? I mean. You guys know how I feel about women's MMA in general uh, with these juices. But, I mean, just look at her wins, too. They're all, like, you know, round one, heel hook round one, arm bar round one, fought a lot of low-level women with, you know, zero and zero records. Heel hooks uh, are the new meta. Has she I, ever I, won a decision? No, never won a decision. Hey, hey, but you can't knock out Cachuera, but maybe you could heel hook her, so maybe Silva's onto something. I don't think she's tapping to that, bro. I mean, remember, she, remember, dude, she was fucking clawing Jillian Robertson's eyes out. She, that bitch is not going to tap. Point. <laughs> I mean, she's going to go through. She's going to try to rip her toenail off if she goes for a heel hook. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess. You learned you le- you learn that from the Sopranos, right? The, the ripping toenails off. No, I don't think that was in. I I know every scene of that show. I don't think that's a uh, in that one. Um, anyways, uh, next fight, uh, featherweight division: Francis Marshall, William Gomes. Um, the odds for this one: Go, uh, Francis Francis is minus two hundred. Uh, Gomes plus one seventy. Some people call him the Fire Marshal. Um, I think he'll win this one. You know, fairly easily. Uh, Gomes. Uh, you know, they brought him in for uh to fight on the Paris card. He got his job done. They gave him, you know, another bum level opponent. And I mean, he, he kind of struggled in that fight. I mean, he, he wasn't really an easy win, um, for, for him against that guy, Jarno Aaron's. Um, so I just think Marshall seems like a much better prospect. Uh, you know, really good performance in his last fight. I mean, dude, he, he knocked out Rojo stiff for, for a one forty five or a guy who wasn't really known as a puncher. I mean, he laid Rojo out. Um, so I think Francis won't have too much trouble here. Should probably cover Whoa, that. Hold on, what do you just say? What do you say before that? I think Francis should. What was your last? No, him. what was your last point to 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 support that? He laid Rojo out. Oh yes, yes, he did lay him out. Yep. Oh, I thought I said something. Uh, no, 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 no. I just silly. didn't hear you. I just wanted oh, yeah. you to repeat it. Damn. Yeah, laid him out. You, you um, oh yeah, I remember. I bet. I bet the over there. I remember it was like one minute before Idiot. the over hit. I was that was um, a that was a community mush over. Yeah, it was. Uh, it completely the, was. The fact that people, I I forgot what people were saying. They were telling. They were saying something about like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna take over Marshall. You don't have any more thoughts about that fight. So yes, I remember right. when Marshall had the last fight against Rojo. They were like, oh, Marshall. He didn't even wrestle in college. He only wrestled in like he only wrestled like two years in high school. I was like, bro, what are you th- like? Barcelo Rojo would like finish last place against fifteen-year-olds in New York, New Jersey, like wrestling, like high school wrestling. <laughs> so, like, I don't really understand. <laughs> like, I I think people don't realize the chasm. Like, some of these guys just don't like cannot learn how to grapple. Now, when I say that, it wasn't he didn't lose only because of grappling in that fight. He just lost because he's fucking frail and he can't fight at one forty-five. But uh, this fight here. I think this is a good prospect test for Marshall. And the other kid, he's not, you know, too old either. 
but he's just not aggressive. He doesn't really he doesn't really have a standout skill. I'm talking about Gomez. Doesn't have a standout skill skill. Um, he's kind of like Muay Thai and stuff like that, but then he looks to grapple, but his grappling is actually not that good. Like his submission grappling and stuff like that. He's fought a lot of guys that he's more athletic than, um, quicker than, you know, maybe better cardio than them. And then he kind of like stacks up those advantages uh, to use his grappling. But in reality, this guy's not very skilled, doesn't have a submission game. Most of his TKO wins and stuff like that are from guys like tiring out and him being you know in better shape than them and that's not gonna be the case here because we all know that firefighters are the most physically fit um you know uh people in the uh in in the uh, service in industry now what what, what do we call that what do we call that not the service industry ems emergency medical services whatever something like that um (laughs) you know in the the line of duty let's just say in the line of duty okay um so yeah i think fire marshal is gonna beat this guy um it could be close early but i think at the end of the day he will win um and i kind of like the fight to go the distance though because go i think it could be a slow start um so fire marshal by decision what is that is he uh, actually a fire fighter of any sort yeah bro he's a fire for broke do you even contender series though go watch the contender series no i right? don't i skipped through those parts he's fucking yeah, so plus 195 for Fire Marshal by decision. I mean, could be better, obviously, but that would be my pick for the fight. If I thought how the fight's going to go, I don't think that Gomez is going to like, like a, he's kind of like a staller, you know, so even I think if he's losing, this guy takes him down, I don't think he will uh, do that much from the bottom. So I kind of like the over two and a half and Marshal by decision. I, I don't think, I, I think that's better for me than playing the over. What do you think? Or uh, playing Marshall, excuse me. What no, do you I think agree. Oh, uh, you mean playing like the over, know. playing like the over as opposed to yeah. But that last on. part you said, that last part you said there, uh, I don't know. I mean, if anybody's finishing though, it is going to be Marshall. We saw in that Gomez Aaron's fight. I mean, he had a low level opponent in front of him and still was never. Yeah, but ever this closer. guy, I mean, he hit that that other dude with a lot. I mean, he doesn't look like he has crazy. Even though he knocked out, this is a thing. Like I said, even though he knocked out Rojo, I don't think he has crazy power. I just think yeah, Rojo me neither. Ball. But uh, and this guy, this guy is kind of tough, dude. Like, it looks he's looks like hardware wise, he 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 doesn't look like a quitter to me. He's just not that good at MMA. Yeah, I kind of think the Marshall money line might be good, to even 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 at its juice price, to be honest. So, um, but yeah, over? I I agree. No, no, I agree there because uh, I just rate I rate um they have Gomez ITD at four to one. I think it's even higher than that. So yeah, he's not I think finishing. that yeah so. Uh, maybe like minus three and a half for uh for Marshall. Um, next fight, heavyweight fight. Uh, a lot of line movement on this one. Junior Tafa, Mohamed Usman. Um, the brothers fight here. Minus one seventeen for Tafa. Usman minus one o three. Uh, I believe it is your turn to start this one. Yeah, off. curious fight here. I mean, I look, try to look at some of Tafa's footage. Um, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Looks like. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know how much he weighs because he's never. There's never been an official. How much do you think this guy weighs, Martian? Yeah, I said the same thing. I, if if you told me he fought at middleweight from like the videos I saw of him, I would completely believe it. I mean, he looks like maybe two thirty or something. He looks skinny. He's, this is a weird ass fight, dude. Because then this guy Usman, he used to be way bigger as well, and then he shows up in his last fight and he was two thirty six, right? Uh. Yeah, but he's still got some shoulders on him, man. 
but I just mean like I don't know how big either of these motherfuckers are gonna be. So I feel like for some people maybe that doesn't matter. For me, it's a little important. But I just like Usman probably here a little bit more. But but when I say this, I do still see how like if Usman is kind of playing hopscotch, playing the in between, like not really looking to commit on punches and then also not looking to grapple. I could just see obviously Tafa clubbing him. Right, pretty easy to see that. I've seen this story before. We got the big Samoan, you know, uh, Polynesian guy. You know, he starts touching guys and they start getting knocked out. So I've seen this story before. So I'm not gonna get caught in the crossfire. We got, you know, people betting on both sides. It's a heavyweight fight. I'm gonna just watch it. So no bet for me, but I would probably, I would definitely lean Usman, like for sure. But I would not be shocked at all if this guy just. Stayed outside and got clipped with a few shots and, you know, just went down. Yeah. Uh, so he has been slimming down 254 in 2019, then 245, 2020, and then most recently 236. So uh, he also, you know, his last win, aging well, uh, Pauga dropping down a weight, uh, beating the legendary Jordan Wright. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree. Usman seems uh, to me. Uh, like the side. I mean, look at his his competition regionally. I mean, he was fighting in Titan FC. He fought Dante Mays. He, you know, I think he's just fought a lot more like legit guys uh, where we can actually like, measure him. While, uh, you know, none of the guys that Tafa has fought are anything we can really even compare. Right? Um, I don't know, man. I just think that that I'm always going to be siding with the guy who there's like more footage on, uh, and that will be Usman to me. Uh, even I pick him, you know, a, a lot of people got plus money on him. That seems like an easy bet. I don't think it's as easy of a bet when you're, you know, near pick him. Uh, but it seems like Usman to me. Um, good fight to just pick a side on, though. Next fight, also a good side to pick a side on. Women's. Uh, what does that mean, Martian? What does that mean? Good fight to pick a side on. What does that mean? Like you just gotta plant your flag on one. You can't. You can't say you know. Yeah, oh, I, don't I know. can see either guy winning. No, so you. Oh. That, that's basically. Yeah, I mean that's. Ba- we both said basically we could see either guy winning though. Plant a flag. No, no. I. I don't. I think. I think Usman like minus one fifty would probably make more sense. Okay. Uh, I mean, like I said, like he he did just knock out you know a UFC level fighter. Pauga looks Wait. you know decent, and. uh you know, he's fought, you know, done tough. He's been in more, you know, tough circumstances. The main point is nobody can say how that fight, this fight is. Nobody the knows. Nobody, how knows the, yeah. nobody knows what, how either of these guys are going to fight each other. It's like, yeah, I don't like trying to, like, who, why? If this you next could predict fight, these fights, if you could predict these fights at the closing line, I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, the next fight, we can predict how it's going to go, and that will be Carol Hulsa versus Norma Dumont. Uh, in a uh, rare women's featherweight fight with uh, Dumont being minus 116. Title implications here. Yeah. Marcia, you know know this. Winner gets the main event. So that's actually a bump in pay. Unless unless we see a fourth fight between Nunes and Pena, which, you know, you never know. I mean, they they could be a main event of fight night. I don't know. But all I know is winner, for sure, they will be in a main event in our lives. Norm has already been in a main event, remember? Another one. Yeah, thought it was over. Was that five rounds? Yeah, it was versus Lad, right? Oh man, um, dark days. Um, anyway, so uh, Hosa and Dumont here. Um, I'll I'll pick Hosa. I just trust her more. It's a pick 'em fight. 
Uh, you got to plant your flag. Great fight to pick a side on. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a decision. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, I am a little concerned that our girl Hosa got dropped by Lena Landsberg in her last fight. But uh, she still, you know, comprehensively won the majority. Lena majority looked, of yo, low-key, Lena looked career best in that fight. Not saying much. <laughs> that's not saying much. But when I did watch that fight again, I was impressed by Lena Landsberg. So let me give my pick on this fight because it's a great fight to make a pick on, right? Um, right. I can't, I can't go, you know, you can't skip over me without me picking as well. And I'm also actually going to come in on the Carajosa side. Now, this is a close fight, obviously. You know, the line has come, come down. People have been betting on, you know, Norma. But, I mean, the thing is with Norma is like, one, her KO power is overrated in my opinion. And obviously she dropped that chick, Daniel Wolf. Um, that you know, Daniel Wolf looks like she could be a Wayne brother from from White Chicks, dude. She's a spit. She's a <laughs> spitting image, dude. She could have been a stunt double in that fucking in that fucking movie. If they reboot it, if they reboot it, call the director, bro. Let him know we got the perfect for him. Anyway, um, yeah. So you know what I would say is that Carol, she's still quick. Uh, she, you know, being up at 145, I think she'll be fine there. You know, she missed weight a few times at 135. But her last fight, she looked in shape, um, you know, both on the scale and in the fight. Norma, I think her biggest advantage at 145 is she's, like, quick, explosive, right? You know, but I think that'll be nullified a little bit here. Um, like I said, her KO power, I don't think is that great. Uh, uh, Wrestling-wise, you know, the that was a big hole we saw in Carol's game. But I don't think that Norma's particularly, you know, she has some takedowns. But I don't think her control from there is, you know, I do think that Carol Hulsa is probably better on the ground. And I think she has the better cardio and the better volume. So I think in a fight, how it breaks out, maybe Carol is going to be able to, uh, you know, stay competitive in the, you know, the early, like, three, four minutes. And then slowly start uh, getting the better of the exchanges and uh, landing a few extra shots. So I did take some Carol Hulsa at, like, minus, like, 102. And uh, I think that she should be the favorite. But it's marginal, slim value, you know, very small. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I do agree with all that, but if we can also just look at a really recent fight and and point to both these women having problems because McMahon took Rosa down and kept her down for a long time, and Macy Chasson took Norma down. That's a big difference, like, big difference yeah, in opponent right there. Bro, you didn't even let me fucking finish. I was gonna say that. Yeah, I was gonna say McMahon is better, bro. I was gonna say <laughs> McMahon. McMahon took second place in this thing they call the Sil- Olympics. Silver medal. Yeah, yeah. Back in what was that, nineteen eighty four or something? Bro, uh, for... Sarah McMahon would come more the fuck out of you, Martian. She'd yeah, break, she'd break your arm in half. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see about that. Um, she would have to get me on the ground first. I would probably have some mean strikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the way exactly. In. You you go um, Mazadol like uh, no, no, uh, Yoel Romero. No, like that shit with Barbosa in the last fight, bro. She'd catch a knee in the mitt. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh. Speaking of people desperately trying to get fights to the ground, uh, <laughs> next fight, uh, Bantamweight hey, fight, Hani Yaya, one of Ozzy's boys, his day one dogs, taking let's on go. Montel Jackson, the guy with the big fucking hands. Oh, uh, Montel Jackson is the huge favorite, biggest favorite on the car, minus 550, Hani Yaya, plus 420. Um, oh, 420, it's uh, it's April 20th it's today Hani's as time, well. bro, it's Hani's time. This is what I'm saying about this fight is this is a winnable fight for Hani Yaya. Like he's plus 400 and he has a legitimate path, bro. We just saw JP Bays uh, take Montel down, mount him, get side control, take his back. Like we just saw all that. So 
We know that if Hani gets the fight in his realm, he gets Montel flat on his back. We know that he could probably slice through his guard, mount him, get him in the a really bad spot. truck on top, this Hani Yahya guy. Well, what's the accolade, uh, Ozzy? What's the thing you always say about Hani Yahya? What ADCC? I don't know. He won ADCC. No, no he's the best. Oh, he's, he's the, the be- best. He's the grappler. best. Best grappler under one fifty five ever in the UFC. Ever. Yeah, that's number like, one. That's the quote. Number one. Yeah, the, he's and he's yeah. with a bullet. With a bullet. I think he's. I think he's top. Aljamain is the only guy that will that has a chance to dethrone. Uh, I put Juicy A for Amiga up there too. Well, Aljamain Sterling would submit Juicy A for Amiga with his left arm. I don't know about that, bro. Yes. Come on. Come 100%. on. Don't be disrespecting Juicy A. He's still winning fights to this day. Um, who? But who the fuck did he Mont- beat? He fought in uh, uh, LFA. Oh, yeah, yeah, Didn't yeah. he main event? Yeah, it? I guess like a Japanese guy or something. Oh, fuck it. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell him what you but think. But yeah, I mean, Montel, Montel, we've always been haters of him. Uh, you know, uh, we just bet Julio Arce against him. He actually looked pretty good there. Um, and then, but but again, looking at the last fight Montel lost, wasn't it Brett? not brett johns yeah it was brett johns yeah who was like not like a crazy uh athlete or grappler he just took him down over and over again and uh did it and won the fight so i mean if if brett johns could have success doing it if if uh jp bays had success doing it is it really that unfathomable that uh that our boy honey yaya could pull off one more win in his career i don't think so so yeah, I mean, we're talking four to one here, and then there's a legitimate, plausible path for him to get it done. So I think this line is kind of nuts. Let's go, bro. We're on Ronnie Yahya, the best single grappler under 155 ever there's ever been. This guy, if he gets on top of him, it's going to be bad, 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 bad. Uh, Does know. Frank Yeager count, you think? Or no, is... Frank Yeager don't count, dude. He could count, but he's not as good as Ronnie Yahya. It's just a fact. You know, I'm disappointed that Ronnie didn't get to fight Cody Garbrandt because obviously Cody Garbrandt is harmless. Uh, Ronnie Yahya is harmless. Um, so Ronnie Yahya would have submitted him. But I like Ronnie Yahya here in this fight by submission, dude. The way what's going to happen here is if, you know, Montel's throwing him around, something like that. This dude, Ronnie Yahya, he's like, you know, you know who he reminds me of, bro? He reminds me, you watch Lord of the Rings. Smeagol. Never. Smeagol. He reminds me of fucking Smeagol. He's just kind of like, yeah, like fucking slithering around and, you know, being a little ho- ugly little hobbit. But he's gorilla strong when he grabs onto you. He he knows, you know, he has like kind of that. The, the reason he works so well is because he has a very diverse grappling game. He could do a lot of different things. So you see how like um, Damian Maya does like that little single leg stuff, all that kind of shit. Ronnie Yahya could do that. But then he could also do like, you know, more traditional stuff or like get to the back or like just hold you in guard or half guard. So he's very diverse. So I like him to win by submission here. Potentially, he might get knocked the fuck out. He probably will get knocked the fuck out because he can't take too many shots. Honestly, from Montel, Montel is a different kind of hitter than that uh, than that guy, Kung Ho Kong. So, but, I, you know, I like a little flyer on, you know, uh, Yahya by submission, maybe a little dart on the money line here, because, you know, this dude knows how he's going to need to win the fight. You know what I mean? And if he might pack a lunch, he might not pack a lunch. But either way, you're going to know right away if he packed a lunch or not. So, you know, you don't need to stay on your couch that long. You know, it's either going to, he's in, you know, he's going to be in that fight or he's going to fold the tent really quick. But he's a tough motherfucker. So let's go. That is true. It will be, it will be very evident here. Ronnie Yahya has fought a lot of good guys, bro. You could all, oh man, this is gonna sound really stupid, but you could probably bet Jackson KO and Yahya money line. Don't do it, and, don't do and, it. 
and profit no matter but what. But like, man, right? this guy's fought a lot of tough dudes, man. Ricky Simone, Enrique Barzola. This guy, Montel, makes a lot of last fight though. I will say he did not make that make many mistakes. He was he was he efficient. Beat Barzola in the first two rounds. Yeah, right. Oh, he hasn't really lost anybody that bad. Like usually, yeah, it's either he he's he beat he's winning he's winning until he gets tired. It's like really really close and it's like very competitive. So that's how his fights usually go. <laughs> this guy, I wish he yeah. had more fights, dude. But he his fights are cool. Doesn't die. All right, we'll move on to last fight in the prelims. Uh, Ricky Glenn taking on Christos Yagos in the lightweight division. A line for this one. Glenn minus 160. Yagos plus 140. Your turn to start this one off. Right here, 145, two, two, two older guys, veteran guys. Um, You know, the, the line's been coming in on Rick Glenn. I'm not really that sure why. I guess I could feel and I could see that, you know, it's at this weight class. People feel like, you know, some of these fights should be a little bit closer. You know, this plus money is the way to go. Um, but I just like the fact that, like, the how different Rick Glenn is from, like, some of these guys that um, Yagos has fought. Even the higher-end guys, right? Like uh, Armin. Um, who's the other guy he fought uh, other than Armin? Uh, Martian? Armin. Whatever. So some of these other guys that he fought, they're just not similar, right? Not a southpaw. Don't have this artist tenacious. Don't throw as much volume. You know, when he gets going as Rick Glenn, aren't as well-rounded overall as well. So I just feel that Rick Glenn, you know, he usually always makes the right decisions when he's kind of defending, grappling, when he's, like, choosing what strike to throw. He's very fundamental. He doesn't do anything too fancy, but he just continues to make the right decision and continues to kind of press on the, the advantages that he has and, you know, putting volume on people and kind of getting better positions on the ground as well. So I just like his overall game. You know, the line's coming in. So I, I I bet a little bit at minus 140 and minus 144 on FanDuel, on Rick Glenn. Um, and I feel pretty good about it. So, you know, it could be a good fight. You know, I'll leave a little bit. could be a close fight. I'll leave a little bit for live, potentially. But, uh, yeah, I like Rick Glenn in the fight. Yeah, I agree with most of what Ozzy said there. Um, I think that Yagos could have some success early on in this fight, you got to think that Yagos is going to try to attempt takedowns here. And Glenn um, can be taken down early, but uh, like Ozzy was saying, just really smart defensive grappler. I just can't imagine Yagos really putting Glenn in like really bad spots, you know? Um, so I just think that any success Yagos has is going to be pretty short lived. And this guy is just an infamous gasser. You know, he consistently slows down in the second half of fights and yeah, I think it's probably going to continue to happen here. I thought it was hilarious, too, if you look at um, Yagos' recent fights. Um, this, just the disparity in like some of his recent opponents went from Carlton Minus and Sean Soriano, and then the, he got knocked out by Sarukian, and then the UFC's like, hey, sorry about that loss, bro. How about you fight Thiago Moises next? And uh, obviously just got you know easily choked out in that one. So um, I just think Glenn is a better striker. Uh, has the defensive grappling tools to be able to avoid any of a threat from Yagos. And I think if there's anyone finishing the fight, I'm extremely confident that it's going to be uh, Rick Glenn. So I really think the best bet on the entire fight is Glenn, no scorecards. You can find that out there on a few different books, but the best price is on FanDuel at minus 160. And um, I just think that uh, there's actually a good chance that Glenn could finish this fight in the second half of the fight. And I just really, really don't see Yagos finishing uh, this fight. So 
Um, I'll, I'll go with that Glenn no scorecards. And I think Glenn Moneyline is pretty good as well. I, I think he wins this fight, uh, you know, two out of three times. So um, that'll move us along to the first fight on the main card, which is a pick em fight in the welterweight division. Jeremiah Wells, uh, Philadelphia's own, taking on Matthew Samuelsberger. Um, I don't even know where he's from, but uh, former CFFC vet. So we got some respect for Semmelsberger. Um, near pick'em line with Wells, slight favorite, minus 114. Semmelsberger, minus 106. So I, I think this is a, a really competitive fight, obviously, as the line indicates. And I don't uh, I don't have a, a, a side to plant a flag on. So I don't think this is a, re- a great fight to pick a side on, to be honest. Um, man, I just see this one going a lot of different ways. Uh, and you know, the first thing we have to say is uh, Wells could make the fight look pretty easy if he hits takedowns because we've seen Semmelsberger taken down. We saw A.J. Fletcher take him down and mount him for long periods of time. Uh, and Wells seems very capable of, of putting Semmelsberger on the mat and keeping him there. But on the feet, I think the more technical guy is actually Semmelsberger. Both guys hit really hard. Uh, and when they're on the feet, there are going to be some heavy exchanges. I could see either guy falling from them. Um, but I really think the second half of the fight favors Semmelsberger. We've seen him go the distance a lot more. We've seen him struggle early in fights and then uh, come back really well, like that uh, AJ Fletcher fight I just mentioned. So I just think we have a lot more proven um, uh, tape of Semmelsberger going late in the fight and him battling back from adversity. So that's why I'm going to side with him. Uh, I just think unless it's like a one-way traffic type of fight, I don't see Wells like looking good down the stretch here. So. Um, First fight, first half of the fight favors Wells. Second half favors Semmelsberger. Maybe look for some Semmelsberger live. And last thing I'll say is Semmelsberger round two plus a thousand. Semmelsberger round three plus sixteen hundred are good stabs here. Anything on this one for you? Man, this is not a kind of fight that I like. You know, to to gamble on too much because, um, you know, like you said, kind of like how both guys like to fight. You know, I don't really see that it kind of. Um, goes into the other guy's weakness too much other than the fact that yeah maybe Semmelsberger rides out the wave that is Jeremiah Wells and then looks to pick at some strikes at him you know later on and you know up the volume but also I've seen Jeremiah Wells at times like when he's not having a lot of success he actually kind of like just shuts down a little bit like doesn't I don't know if you've seen that in a few of his fights where he just you know kind of just doesn't engage as much and you know preserve some of the energy and stuff like that so we'll see if Semmelsberger is able to, does feel that, you know, go to being a little bit more assertive striking. Um, but I do like that he's fought you know, a nice, diverse um, set of people, you know, in his UFC run. And I do think he's getting built up pretty well. So, you know, I've been kind of thinking about Semmelsberger's, you know, side, even though I haven't, I didn't like, you know, what I saw from his uh, grappling in a few instances. Um, and I do like, you know, I do think I do give credit to Jeremiah in terms of, you know, on the ground. So I think I'm going to just pass in this fight. If the over was a little bit shorter, a little bit less juice, I would play that. But it got bet up, you know, like two, three bets bet it up too much. So I'm going to just probably pass. But I could, you know, I might revisit this and I might have a play on the side. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about this next fight, which is a women's uh, flyweight fight. Oh, man. Um, Don't even ask Lucindo me what I, what I think about this. Yeah, I mean, I just... Lucindo is minus oh, 360, Walker is plus 295. My opinion is that no woman on earth is capable of being a good bet at minus 360 in an MMA fight, and certainly not this fucking random Brazilian woman with one UFC fight. Um, so, 
I don't um, Walker Walker comprehensively lost to fucking Miller though, who we know now sucks really badly. So I'll go with uh you know a, a value bet on Brogan Brogan Walker being the side here. Won't probably be making that wager myself, but I mean there's only one way to bet the fight. It has to be the underdog here. But uh anything from you here at all? I hope. I hope I hope these ladies have do fight of the night and win an extra fifty k. But let's uh let's move on. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll look into that one later in the week. But I, I highly doubt it. Um, anyway, enough about that one. Next fight, great fight here, great matchup between two guys uh, who we both like a lot. Um, lightweight division, Bobby Green taking on Jared Gordon. The odds for this one: Bobby Green minus two sixty five, Jared Gordon plus two twenty five. So uh, give us your thoughts and, here. A story. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on this are contrite. It's not even doesn't have to do anything with the matchup too much. You know, I get one guy who he's never lost a decision, including the Pam- Patty Pimlet fight. decision has gone into like the fourth or the fifth round a few times, right? Championship rounds in CFFC. And he's against a guy, proven commodity, obviously, in Bobby Green. A lot of close fights. But all his fights are fucking close. And yeah, he likes throwing a lot of volume because none of these guys look to grapple. None of these guys try to grapple him. And the one guy that did try to grapple him, Islam, is just instant mount, dude, on, on him when he took him down. And now I respect Bobby Green. I like Bobby Green. But Bobby Green just got KO'd as well. Like, he, this is not, I think, the right time. Like, the guys, you know, I love Bobby Green, but he's 29 and 14. You know, he just ends up losing some of these fights. And you got the guy who's 10 and 0 or 11 and 0 in decisions against him and now you know obviously you know he looked really good in the last fight but he was just throwing way too much like he was throwing like he was really quick and i guess people saw a lot of the shots that he was uncorking on drew dober and they're like oh well jared gordon he's not that quick all those shots are gonna hit him in the face and they fucking might hit him in the face but this guy is a soft hitter bro and if that heroin from new york (laughs) couldn't put jared gordon away I mean, I'm not sure that fucking Bobby Green is going to be able to put him away with his little ass, you know, straight shots and straight punches. And Jared Gordon, if he puts him on the ground, man, Jared Gordon is tenacious, bro. His cardio is really good. And I could just see Bobby Green, like, just bitching about Jared Gordon being on top of him and, you know, pound, you know, throwing little shots at him. and punch. But I could just see it being a close fucking fight. And I get one guy at 30% who didn't get knocked out in his last fight. You know, has only gotten knocked, you know, hit hard by like the top of the division. And Bobby Green, man, he's older, like 310 or 280, whatever it is on Bobby Green. He's 36, just come off his, you know, knockout loss is insane. So I'll, I'll take Jared Ward. Yeah, I largely agree. I mean, I, I do think that, uh, Thinking about the matchup itself, I, I do see Bobby Green's like hand speed and boxing probably winning him this fight, but it, it it's gonna have to win him this fight at a margin of near seventy five percent to cover his price, and I just think that it's not gonna be that wide. I mean, I think Green, the maximum you could go, I think is two, minus two hundred. Anything past that is just getting. And Martian, why did he get knocked out by Drew Dober, dude? Because he couldn't circle away from Drew Dober. What size was the cage? It was an apex. It was a small cage. If he's against Nazareth, when he's against Nazareth Hakpras, he's circling away from him easily every time he's hitting him with punches. But now you're in the small cage, 
And you see Jared Gordon, he could force the clinch whenever he wants it. Yeah, that's so. his way to win. Is is I don't think I, I don't think he's gonna obviously get caught with a big punch like Drew Dober did because you know Gordon just doesn't hit that hard. But I mean, he's gonna hold his own in the boxing. You know that check left. Jared's a dog, dude. He's a dog. But I just think that I mean Clay. He's Clay a Guida, lot of different guys. Clay Guida was just able to fight Bobby Green and attempt a bunch of takedowns and keep him against the cage for a really long time. And I mean Gordon's wrestling really actually is pretty good. And when he gets on top, he lands a lot of ground and pound and i just think that you know p- pinning him against the cage taking him down grinding him out staying competitive everywhere i think uh gordon will look good as an over two to one dog um so you know small bet on, on him is warranted this one definitely should go the distance um gordon by decision plus 370 probably a good bet jared gordon's jared gordon's a great but anyone that tells you otherwise i just don't see how you could come to that conclusion when you can account take account price I just don't see how you could come to wanting to bet. That's just crazy. Yeah. All right. Coming event time, Brad Tavares uh, taking on Bruno Silva in the premier division of the UFC middleweight division. Uh, Tavares minus 158 favorite Bruno Silva plus 138 dog. Uh, so I, I'm just never been super impressed by Bruno Silva. I've always maintained the same opinion about him is that his ground and pound is ferocious. You know, we've seen him get on top of guys, throw hammers. He knocks him out. but uh, his defensive grappling, his striking, his cardio, everything about like the finer aspects of his technique, I think are really bad. Uh, but the guy's, you know, just incredibly athletic. Um, but I think Brad Tavares has really had a career out of uh, kind of being not a great athlete himself at middleweight, but being really technically sound. So these guys are kind of almost opposites of each other where I think Tavares has, uh, you know, the much better striking skill. Should be able to leg kick, jab his way to success in the feet. And then if Silva tries to attempt takedowns, or I think Brad Tavares' takedown defense is some of the best, uh, you know, we've ever seen at these these upper weight classes. Uh, and he just had a really good win over Brad to, uh, over uh, Omari Akhmedov. Bruno Silva really bad loss in his last fight to GM three. Took a lot of damage uh, versus Alex Pereira too, and. You know, I just never been impressed by Silva. So I think this line uh, is accurate, maybe even a little short on Tavares. Um, Tavares is a guy who wins by decision. Uh, I don't see him finishing Silva here. So the margins could be a little thin, but I I think Tavares should win this one by decision fairly comfortably. Yeah, I don't love this spot. I think this fight over, like, why did Tavares have to not fight Robocop? He pulled out of that fight. Why? Don't know. Um. He looked terrible in the Drew Drickus fight. In the last two rounds, he was horrible. And 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 that's the thing, Martian. People talk shit about Drickus. A lot of shit. He beat the shit out of Brett Tavares. If you take out he that dumbass one. takedown, if you take out that dumbass takedown that he tried in round one, he beat Brett Tavares for the remainder of the fight. Every other second of the fight, he beat him. The Amari fight, it was like a, it was they graded that as a decision, but I don't think it was. I don't. It, it was whatever. But he hasn't looked good either. So, you know, I understand why people are betting the Bruno side because Brad just looks slow, dude. His his reaction time in the Drickus fight looked horrible. Like like I said, the only good thing that happened in that whole fight for Brad was when Drickus pulled him on top of him when he was trying to take down. It's not that Brad did anything positively. So. Like, like I've never really been a fan of Brad Tavares because he's just like a guy, like like you said, he'll jab, he'll leg kick, he'll defend takedowns, and then he'll hope to win. And I just don't really like that. I don't really think that, like you said, the margin, like I'm not really interested in betting that at a at a juice price. 
Um, I considered the over, but mm, I think that I might end up on that or the goes distance just uh, and hope that Brad could uh, take more punches like he did from Drickus. Um, but I think it would be Bruno or a pass for me. Yeah, I agree with most of that. Um, Brad, Brad decision almost two to one, though, I think is the, the bet that sticks out as the best value bet on the fight for me. Um, because Brad's tough, man. I mean, I, I don't, I just don't see Bruno knocking him out. I really don't. Um, distance is cool. So that'll take us to the main event, which is, uh, Probably the main, uh, the number one contender fight. Although, who the fuck knows what that means? I mean, they apparently Stipe Miocic has been granted a fight against John Jones. I don't know why. I guess out of respect. Uh, but um, these two guys are probably the two you know best actual heavyweights in the UFC right now. So, uh, good fight here. Relax, Jesus. Curtis, relax. Curtis Blades, Sergey Pavlovich, uh, Pavlovich. Um, and the line for this one is Blades minus 173, Sergey plus 148. Your turn to start it off. Let's hear the main event thoughts. Yeah, so heavyweight fight. You got these big boys in the apex. Both these guys like six, what, like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, so big guys. Um, you know, the interesting thing here, obviously, is, you know, how, how likely is it to touch the ground with uh, uh, Blades going for the takedowns? You know, I will hope that that would be high, highly likely. And I think it will be, and I will be picking Curtis Blades here. You know, he does have a diverse attack, right? He's been working in the leg kicks. But, um, you know, maybe he doesn't want to do that too much early here because Pavlovich, man, this guy's got absolute lunch boxes for fists. He throws them, you know, in, in, you know, pretty good succession. Like some of his combos, you know, I like seeing them. Um, you know, I love it when guys are throwing shots, like, like a two-punch combo or like a jab cross or a hook cross, and then they throw in that jab there at the end. Um, to either you know set up an even longer combination or to really punctuate it with a nice uh, with a nice long punch, um, and for him he's got a crazy long reach and you know huge fist that it's like a knockout punch for him or or like a legitimate threat. So that's looked really good to me. But this guy doesn't throw any kicks. Um, I haven't seen him too much with the with the grappling. I do think he could grapple a little bit. But I just, you know, if he's like Curtis Blades is like get, grabbing onto his legs, like I don't know how good his balance is, like you know what I mean, like stuff like that. It's not that I think that he 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 doesn't know anything, but it's just you know when he's got Sergey or um, he's got Curtis pushing him around, you know how likely is he to stay on his feet? But the thing with Curtis is he's a little flaky sometimes. Like I could definitely even see like just a weird thing happen to him, like he's like grabbing onto his like I always have like I think I've lost a bunch of times when. One of my guys has been going for a takedown and he starts getting like elbowed or fucking hammer fisted or punched and then he just goes unconscious. That scarred me. Um, so I'm always scared that like Curtis and I have him in the takedown and then this guy just uncorks like a few shots and knocks him the fuck out. Um, it's happened to him before when he went against Francis. So we'll see. But I'll pick Curtis, but I'm not that confident in it. Um he needs to take this guy down though, because I feel like if he's not taking him down, like that cage is too small. Like he's gonna get found with punches, and I don't think he's got a very good chin. So, um, if you guys, if you guys know the podcast, I want you to think to yourselves right now: Who do you think that I'm gonna pick in this fight? I want you to think, and I want you to say it, and I'll confirm: It is Curtis Blades, um, and it's just the fact of being more proven, right? Like the blades is the best wrestler in the heavyweight division. And 
the only time we've seen Sergey face a takedown, we saw him get taken down by Overeem, get stuck on his back, get pounded out, get knocked out unconscious viciously by Alistair Overeem. Now, I know that was a long time ago, and he has ran through five guys since then, but he just had the most ideal circumstances possible. He had five guys who weren't grapplers, who would just stand and strike with them, and he destroyed all those guys. I mean, he looks like an absolute force uh, when he, he pins you against the cage and unloads his, his combinations. And if he manages to do that against Blades, he probably will uh, corner him, uncork a combination, and hurt and finish Blades. But I just don't see Blades getting caught like that. He knows the, the threat. He knows that he's extremely dangerous in the feet. And I think Blades is going to be shooting real early here. And I think he's going to get it. I just don't, I mean, there's no footage. There's no reason to suggest that Pavlovich is capable of stopping these takedowns. Um, so it's just a, a litmus test of Curtis's intelligence. How, how urgently will he shoot? If he has any sense at all, he will get on that takedown right away. If he doesn't, the small cage could be a, a, a recipe for disaster. He's got bad luck in the small cage, right? You know, he got destroyed by Lewis in the small cage. Uh, and then his past few fights were all in the big cage. So that's something to note. He did uh, beat uh, uh, Volkov in the small cage, though. So, um, you know, even if even if Pavlovich is able to survive one takedown, he, he say he gets up. I mean, we've seen Blades drag uh, Volkov down to the mat, you know, 15 times if he needs to. So um, the the wrestling experience, the the experience at this high level weight of the weight class, the five round experience, um, you know, it's all in favor of Curtis Blades. And I think that's more than enough to pick him here at this price. Um, you know, don't think. Uh, the price is like a, a gift or anything like that. I don't think like it's an easy like slam on Curtis Blades, but I think he he is the easier bet to make here. So I would say favorite or pass um, in that one. And that'll do it. Uh, rare time where we get out of here in under an hour. Um, Ozzy doesn't have any closing thoughts. I'm not even going to bother asking. Uh, we'll be back uh, at the next uh, next week for uh, a really good main event again. Uh, Song Yudong versus Ricky Simone. That'll be a really good card. And uh, we'll see you all then. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoyed the fights this weekend. Win some bets. And we'll see you all before the next UFC event. Peace out, everyone.